Welcome everybody to the 10th ever edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. Can't believe it's been 10 podcasts already. Kind of crazy to think. But I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Morlinson, and we've got a special guest we've seen a lot of already, Brandon Younger. Brandon, how are you doing today, and how was your wife's birthday yesterday? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. First off, I'd just like to say thank you guys for having me. Um, really excited about what you guys are doing um, with the West Coast and your coverage, um, so I appreciate that. Uh, the wife's birthday was fun. Um, spent a ton of money, <laughs> so... Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, it was fun. We, we got opportunity to spend time as a family. Of course, can't, we can't, couldn't do a whole lot of stuff because of, you know, our current climate. But uh, it was fun. We spent some family time, spent the whole bunch of money. And, you know, that's about it. She was happy. So happy wife, happy life. So it worked out well. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Happy wife, happy life. That's the motto to live by right there. I, I, <laughs> I think that's the biggest life lesson we've ever had on our podcast. So, Brandon, yes. congratulations for making history right there. <laughs> All you young athletes, when you get to this point, happy wife, happy life. Remember that. That's the key to success. <laughs> yeah. If she's got a smile on, fa- on her face, then you probably got a smile on your face. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. But, Brandon, just introduce yourself a little bit and tell us more about what you're doing right now. Um, uh, Brandon Younger, um, I'm the founder and owner of uh, Grime Mode Elite Sports. Uh, we've been established since 2012, uh, started off in um, Oakland, California, worked with a ton of athletes in Alameda, California. Uh, I'm, I'm also the defensive backs coach and recruiting coordinator at Foothill College. Uh, so right now what we have with, with Grind Mode, uh, what we've been doing is kind of really putting together, now that the, you know, the, the, the virus is, you know, and the numbers are kind of starting to trend in the right direction, we've been putting together uh, a lot of workouts and, and, and what we what we've been doing is really trying to help uh, put these kids help these kids not only physically but mentally um, you know a lot of kids are dealing with uh, you know depression or, or, or mental issues because of what's going on now being so isolated away from friends and things of that nature so um, I've just been putting together small groups of training sessions uh, working out a ton of athletes trying to help them continue to develop um, throughout this time and um, what we have going on now uh, September 2nd, I just uh, we just partnered with TAP Athletics out here in Tracy, California. So we're putting together our Grind Mode Academy. It's going to be like a really exciting program that's going to run for like three months long and really help uh, develop these young men, put them in a good position to be able to succeed once the season comes back around in December. And so you, let's get into your coaching career. What okay. made you get into coaching? Was there a specific moment in time that you said, all right, I want to coach, I want to help these kids and something like that? I think always, you know, since I've, you know, since I've been playing the sport, I've always been a guy that's been very interested um, in the, motivate, the, motiv- the motivation side of the game. Uh, I've always been like, I was always the kid on Pop Warner that lead the team out with the chance and get us fired up and, um, Almost, almost always in like a leadership position. So I think it was, I think it's, it was in me uh, to be a coach. But what really sparked my interest, I have two younger brothers and my younger brothers, they were playing Pop Warner football and their practice usually was after our high school practice a little bit later in the evening. So when I get out of, out of practice in high school, I come to their practice and I'll, I'll start helping them out um, with the East Bay Warriors. Um, and I kind of got my itch there. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I had the opportunity to coach um, 
he was very young and little, played with my little brother, Marcus Peters. So he was on the East Bay Warriors team with my little brother. So that was my first year coaching. Um, and then I just got the itch. I fell in love with it, and I've been coaching ever since. So what was Marcus Peters like back in the day? Could you kind of tell right away, like, this dude was – he was different? He's just talented. He's a talented kid. He's just – you know, when you, go, when you go to Pop Warner games or – uh, you go to high school game, you just have you kind of have those guys that just kind of pop out. That's just kind of what kind of kid he was. And he came from a football family. His older brother was really good as well. Um, so, you know, it's always the younger brother that's, that, that ends up being the guy, but he was, he was the guy. He was a really good player, really good kid, very emotional, very fiery, just the same as he is right now in the league, but a good kid. And he was, he was a baller, man. Yeah, so you also went to Oak Grove and you had a lot of success, winning the school's first CCS title in eight years, also having your unit lead uh, the section interceptions with 18. What do you remember about those days and what was the, that time when you realized that you could become a college coach someday? Man, Oak Grove was a, Oak Grove was a phenomenal place. Like the, I remember the first day I stepped on campus and I met Coach uh, Jay Braun and we were walking around campus and he was, you know, I, I, I looked up the job. I saw that they were hiring and, you know, he invited me on campus to kind of get a feel for the campus. And while we were walking around campus, he was introducing me to a bunch of kids. And I was like, Holy smokes. Like this is like this, this, this school is like, has a ton of talent. So when I got there, um, I really, they, the, you know, Oak Grove community, they really embraced me. Um, I, I really approached the school with like a, a education first kind of mindset. We had a slogan that I still use now, get grades, make plays. Um, and that's something that we always, you know, we kind of hung our hats on, you know, we're going to get the, get the grades and we're going to make the plays. Um, but it was a very special community. When I got there, Oak Grove has a rich history of football. There's been like a ton of great players and great coaches, uh, that have come through that program. And when I got there, um, you know, things just kind of fell, fell into place. The kids got really, you know, dedicated uh, on the academics. Um, and that was one of the big things that we, we, we preached to them when I first got there in 2015 is, hey, if we take, when I saw the talent on campus, I told those guys, like, if we take care of our academics, man, nobody will be able to beat us. Like, we'll run through this section. And guys bought into it. Um, we had a phenomenal group of guys. Rashawn Fontenet, Jelani Brown, he went on to play at the University of Kansas. Um, just a ton of special athletes, Dylan, Miss Alafua, Grady Ryan. Um, uh, the, the list goes on and on the guys that would, that, that helped, helped the program that year and then win the CCS. It was a, it was actually a really, really special year. And it's a year that I'll probably never forget in my coaching career, honestly. And then what ultimately led you to becoming a college coach and ending up at Foothill College? So uh, after my third year at Oak Grove, um, the first two years I was at Oak Grove, I was a DBs and receivers coach for the varsity team. Um, entering in my third year, uh, there was a vacancy for the, junior, for the junior varsity program. And I've always wanted to get some head coaching experience. So, you know, I talked to our head coach like, hey, look, um, I want to get some head coaching experience. So I took over the junior varsity program and um, we, had a, we had a ton of success. Um, and it was garnering a, a lot of attention. So after, after the season, um, I got a phone call from Coach Kelly Edwards over at Foothill College. He wanted to bring me in and interview me. They had a defensive backs position that was opening up. Um, and I went up there. I saw the campus. It was a beautiful campus. 
you know, he, he sat down with me and he talked about the different things that they offer um, in regards to help with the athletes. Um, and it was, a, it, was, it was probably one of the toughest decisions I had to make leaving Oak Grove because I felt like we had a, a, a great group of kids in our junior varsity program. Um, they actually played in CCS this year. The group that I started with, they played in CCS. Unfortunately, they lost to Los Gatos, but that group that I had, they played in CCS last year. But yeah, I, you know, I went up to Foothill and it just felt like home right away. Um, again, leaving Oak Grove was probably one of the toughest decisions that I had to make. It was very emotional, but um, it was the best move for me and my family. And, uh, you know, entering my third year at Foothill, I, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. And at Foothill, you guys have been crazy successful. So you look at it just last year, what, a 10 and one season, you play for yeah. a championship game, you hold opponents to just over 10 points per game. What do you think's made you guys so successful up at Foothill? And how do you guys continue and build on that success that you've already had? You know, I think what, what allowed us to be successful, what I would say is if I was to sum it up in one word, I would say culture. Um, and that was attributed to a lot of the guys that we had in our locker room. Um, Deion Winter, Raj Ward, um, Sam Fraley, Jake Saltonstall, John May uh, Wofford. Um, the, the list goes on. Uh, Darius Thomas, now that I'm naming off guys, I know I'm, when they watch it, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't name them. <laughs> Dejan Ford, uh, Douglas Lealow. But the list goes on and on, but that just lets you know what kind of – we had a really strong locker room. Like my first year, um, we had those guys – and we always talked about what we wanted to do and what we want to accomplish within that two-year period. And entering in my second year, um, those guys just bought into the program. I think we have phenomenal staff. Our head coach, Kelly Edwards, he does a great job of putting together our program and making it um, work for our guys, understanding that they are junior college students and they have a lot of other like life things going on. We're a flexible program, but we're also, also you know, we have a standard. Um, and if you respect those two things, like you can have success. And I, I believe what really, what really um, put us in a position to succeed is our guys, they, uh, they respected our process. They trusted our process. Um, our defensive coordinator and strength and conditioning coach, Matt Ravio, he's just a, he's a dude, man. He's, a, he's like one of the smartest football coaches I've been around. His weight training program is, is like phenomenal. I think we put in the work in the weight room. And we put in the work in the classroom, and, and it just all came together. And I think we really established uh, a really good culture at Foothill that I think is going to last for, for a very long time. But um, to sum up that answer, I would say culture and also the, 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 the young men that we had in that locker room, that's what really, that's what really helped us uh, uh, put up the first undefeated season in school history last year. And so you have an undefeated season Take me through your mindset of staying motivated and wanting to continue to do this and keeping your kids motivated as well. So I, I recently, this year, I read in my, in my players, they always, they always talk mess to me about it, but I just recently read uh, John Wooden's book, uh, Wooden on Leadership. And one of the things that he talked about in his book is uh, not being satisfied regardless of the result and understanding that, um, Success comes through the effort that you put in, into preparation. So whether or not we win or we lose, um, it's about the preparation. If you prepare as hard as you can and you work as hard as you can in order to be the best that you can, you've already succeeded. And that's kind of the approach that I, that, 
that, that we take in our program, but also understanding that last year team was last year team. And I don't, I don't like being satisfied with results, whether it's losing or winning, I, I'm not satisfied. And, and our guys are not going to be satisfied. And that's going to be our message to our guys is, yeah, we had a phenomenal year last year and guys that are returning, that's last year's team. Guys that are coming in fresh, that's last year's team. Now it's about what we're going to do this year and understanding that now, you know, we're in the conversations with some of the top junior college programs in the Bay Area now. So that comes with a price, you know, and you have to, and we have to work in order to be prepared when, when people come to our stadium or when we go to people, when, when we go to people's fields, because we know we're going to get the best effort from those programs. So we got to give our best effort when we're, uh, when we're preparing for those guys. So I think, I think it's really just a mindset, man. Like, like the 10 and one season was great, but like, it's not enough for me. Like I want to go 11 and though now, like that one is just the, that one is just, it's ugly to me. You know, it's, you know, the 10 is beautiful, but it got that one blemish. So we got to get one game better than we were last year. So I think that's going to be our motivation going into the 2021 season. I know some people might look down on the junior college experience because they're not playing in the division one. Like I know a lot of kids hoped for right away out of high school. Right. But the junior college experience we've seen has had a lot of benefits for kids just watching last chance you, especially up at Laney college here, just over this past month, what are the benefits of playing junior college football and junior college athletics and how much can that help kids in the long run? I think, I think the benefit is it gives you another opportunity. Um, a lot of guys, for whatever reason, I tell guys when you come to junior college it's because you always got a butt next to whatever you've done in high school. You know, um, I had a great season, but I was too small. I, I had a great season, but I didn't have the grades, but this, but that. I think what junior college allows, it allows you to get rid of that butt. You know, you get two more years or in some cases, three years, if it's a great shirt guy to get rid of that butt in your story. And, uh, and I, think it's a, I think it's a great place for guys that want to continue their education that might not want to go and, 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 you know, spend a ton of money at a university for the first two years and that want to continue playing and still have the itch, whether you want to earn a Division One scholarship or whether you just want to continue to play football. But I think it, it provides um, a great benefit for people financially, but also, like I said, just gives, it gives guys the opportunity to get rid of that butt, you know, because like, like I said, you come to junior college, you have a butt next to your store. So we're going to get rid of that. And that's, that's our goal at Foothill. You come to Foothill, our goal is to get rid of that butt. Yeah, you're, you know, you did this or did that. You could have did this or did that, but this happened. Let's get rid of that butt, and we're going to put together a program to make sure we do that. So I think, you know, junior college is a great route, and I know people, you know, people look down on it or, or, or whatever the case may be, but, you know, a lot of kids have, have, have put themselves in great position, um, made it to the NFL, made it to Division One, gotten free education. Um, there's a huge thing with people um, – like glorifying division one or looking down on other, other divisions. But I say, when you come to Juco, if you can come in um, and you work your tail off, like I was talking about the John Wooden, if you put as, as much preparation as you can into honing your craft and maximizing your potential, you're going to fall wherever your talent lands you, whether that's division one, division two, II, division three, the ultimate goal for us is to help you receive a free education. And that's so important, I think, to teach kids nowadays, too, especially Division Two, Division Three. Sure, maybe it's you're not playing SEC or Pac-12 football like you envisioned, but you still get that free education. And, so, and if you're good enough, somebody's going to notice you in the NFL, right? How many kids 
how many players did we see just in this NFL draft alone early on that didn't play at a premier program like an Alabama or an LFC? Sure, LSU had – I can't even name how many first-round picks they had, but it doesn't matter going on Sac State, Cal Poly. I know yeah. they just took someone that was – Drafted what division two, division three? I want to say. Yeah, the the Pats they drafted a guy from D two, a corner. So yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy to me the stigma about junior college. It's like a bad thing to go to junior college when there's so much time that you can go and grow and figure out exactly what you want, or you have more time to play the sport that you love. Um, maybe because you can't make it to you know the next level of college. Junior college is such a great time to figure out exactly who you are and what you want. Um, later on in life and it just furthers your your education and furthers you along in your career in life in general that's so yeah fun. absolutely your college absolutely. Right? everyone thinks oh my goodness I didn't go to a four-year but how many kids even get the chance to go to JUCO you, yeah you know, a lot of JUCOs you're still trying to recruit kids to come into your program which says you're still really talented you've got a shot it's, you're still one of the top players in the country regardless if you got to go JUCO or not Yep, absolutely. And I think it's I think it's our job as, as junior college coaches all over the, the country to continue to, you know, hold our programs at a high standard and hold the kids that come into our program at a high standard and help develop them because a lot of them come in with, with different issues that you gotta you gotta cultivate out of them and you gotta cultivate a, a professional a professional um, approach, um, help them rebuild their their academic foundation. A lot of the guys, they need, uh, they, they have to build an academic foundation. So I think it's up to us as junior college coaches to continue to run our programs at a high standard, try to run it to as, as close to a Division One, Division Two as possible, and, and help, uh, help, mold, help mold these guys to move forward in life. Now, what is the recruiting process like at a junior college? How are you guys recruiting kids, and how much different is it maybe compared to if you're trying to recruit at a four-year college? The biggest difference – between junior college and four-year schools is like in, in junior college, it's almost a no holds bar. Like we don't have like, uh, we don't have like uh, dead periods or, uh, or things of that nature. Um, we do have uh, location restrictions. Um, so they kind of build a district in which you can go and visit or watch teams play physically. Um, but as far as the, the recruiting process, like, we can recruit guys from anywhere uh, via social media. I can recruit a guy from Alabama or wherever the case may be um, via social media. The, the biggest thing is we just have restrictions on where we can travel. But the recruiting process for us at Foothill, I mean, if we like a guy, we'll make an initial, uh, an initial we'll make initial contact with him. I mean, now with the virus and stuff that's going on, we're holding a, a ton of uh, virtual tours for guys to come and see our campus virtually. But um, in a regular situation, we'll bring guys up to our campus, show them around, you know, um, let them try on some swag, talk to them about the different, uh, the different programs that we have in our program, meet our staff, meet their family. We encourage guys to bring their family because we believe when you make those decisions, it's a family decision. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the – I mean, in regards to the rules, the rules are different. But overall, I think recruiting is recruiting. It's about relationships. It's about the kid trusting your program and, and, and fitting in your program from a cultural standpoint. Um, and I think it's about the morals and values of your program, whether they align with the kids that you're recruiting. I mean, some kid can be a really good kid if his morals um, don't align with our, the morals of our program, he may not be a good fit. So um, it's, it's fun. I love it. I love it because you get to meet so many young men. You get to, 
you come across so many different stories. Um, I like the competition in it when there's a guy that, you know, one school wants and another school wants, being able to continue to, you know, build a relationship and try to win those battles and get those guys in. Um, and I like going up against the big dogs. I'm going to be honest. I like going up against the powerhouse during colleges. Like, if there's a kid that I know that's interested in, a, in one of the powerhouses, I want to go after I don't back down from the, 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 the big-time junior colleges. I like that challenge. I think it really helps me in cultivate my approach as a recruiter. Um, and I've won a few battles. I've lost a few battles, but um, the battle goes on. It's a, fun, it's, it's a fun process. And when you get those kids that believe in you, the, the biggest thing with the process that I like is when you have a kid that believes in, in the process and then they come in, they buy into the program, and their dreams become come to a fruition. Like the kid we had, Jake Saltonstall, he came in. I still have our direct messages uh, between him and I. And, and it's funny, I just look back at it and, and the conversations we were having and how he was kind of short with me. But then as we continued to talk, we built a relationship. And now he's at the University of New Mexico um, because he trusted what we, you know, what we told him and trying to be completely transparent and honest as possible. Um, and not sell no, not sell wolf tickets is what we call it. I don't want to sell you no tickets. I'm going to tell you straightforward on what we can offer. Um, and if it aligns with what you're looking for, then let's get this thing going. Yeah, and one thing I want to emphasize that you said, social media. And with Twitter and everything going on today with coronavirus, there's not as many games. Social media is huge. And me and Chris have talked about this before, the business of recruiting yourself and networking. How much do you actually look at Twitter as a recruiter and look at people or players post and what exactly they're doing? Um, without giving up t too much of the game, uh, yeah. uh, I, like I, I, it's definitely a tool that, that you have to utilize, especially now with, you know, uh, you know, not being able to travel or, or go or watch games. But I, I really think like for me, and I, I'll give some free game for me, it's, it's a law of averages. Like, I'll, I'll allot a certain amount of time on a certain day where I'm like, hey, from this time to that time, I'm going to go through my direct messages and I'm going to watch a ton of film, uh, take a ton of notes. If there's a guy I really like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to put this check by him, talk to our head coach, set up a virtual tour. But I really just think it comes with just, you know, uh, doing your due diligence. I mean, it can get a little overwhelming. Like, now I probably got, like, three, 400 direct messages from kids from all over the country sending their film. And, you know, if I can take an hour or hour or two and knock out 50 to 60 of those films and just go through them, uh, I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing myself a, a good service. And, and crazy enough, I found some guys that are actually at Foothill now uh, through that, through those uh, direct messages that they send. But, but yeah, it's, um, it's a great tool and it kind of sucks now because before there a lot of schools weren't using it like they weren't using it as much as they should be should have been but now with the virus it's kind of they have to so now they kind of on what's in to getting guys they're kind of you know kind of put them in the in the know on what's going on because a lot of coaches they weren't utilizing social media but the pandemic has kind of forced people to kind of learn or you know i mean you look at it now you see so much so many programs popping out of nowhere with Twitter accounts and they got a ton of content and, and all this stuff. Like for us, like at Foothill and even at Oak Grove, when I was at Oak Grove, I implemented, I created their Twitter account. I created their Instagram account. And we were like one of the only high schools in the area that had social media 
And it was very beneficial because we were able to showcase what we were doing at Oak Grove. And, you know, without breaking any rules from a CCF, from a standpoint, it was helping with the recruiting tool because kids like, man, Oak Grove look good. I want to think I want to go play for those guys without us even talking to them. But now you see like all high schools got them. The, you know, every junior college, every division one, everybody has it now. So got to find a different way, you know, got to be more innovative. We got to figure out something, but you know, that's what, that's, you know, that's the power of social media. I, I, I think it's very powerful. I think you can, you can do a lot right now with it if you use it uh, correctly. And I don't want you to give up all your secrets. <laughs> so let's move on to grind mode elite sports. How did you start that? What made you decide to launch it? So my first high school job, I started coaching in uh, 2012 at Alameda High School. Um, I started coaching with the freshman team. Um, but I did, I was, you know, we were having a ton of fun. And I got moved up to varsity, and I had the pleasure of coaching um, kids the likes of Suleiman Hamid. He went to Washington State. Keelan Doss, he went to UC Davis. He's currently with the Oakland Raiders. Um, and a lot of talented kids at, at, at Alameda. But what I noticed was after the football season, after football season is over, kids don't really have anything to do. It's like a dead period where they're like, they're stuck in a limbo. There's no... There's no baseball, there's no, like, hoop is done, and there's, like, a, a huge gap. So what we did is we said, okay, what we're going to do with this gap is I want to give the kids an opportunity to stay active, you know, and you lose a lot of kids from the end of the football season to spring. You lose a lot of kids academically, like, just physically. They love for the game. You lose kids in that little area. So what, I, what, what we thought was, all right, we're going to do some workouts. We're going to create some workouts. We're going to get on the grind, and we're going to be in our grind mode. And that's where the name came from. We're going to be in the grind, and we're going to stay in this mode. So that's kind of where the name came from. And we would take those kids I just named. We would all go to Alameda Beach on Saturday mornings, and we would work out. We would do – and that's before I even knew anything about training. I'd just get some cones, and we'll run around cones and change direction, just putting in the work. So it started there, and – as we continued to work, we started getting kids from other high schools to come and work out with us and more. And as the years progressed, it just, it continued to grow. And as I moved from the East Bay to the South Bay, I just took that same formula with Oak Grove High School. And in, in the off season, I'll get with those guys. We'll, we'll go on the field and we'll just, we'll work. And, um, and it's just, it, it, it has continued to grow. I've been blessed to work with a ton of athletes. Um, and back in 2017, we created our 707 program. And uh, it's been going really good, man. Like, like I, can't, I can't thank all the people that's been a part of our program enough. Like, I feel like we've really done a great service to our community, and we want to continue to do that. And speaking of the service to the community, how important is what you do, especially nowadays? You talk about losing kids just in the springtime, but now we've got an extra delayed season that doesn't start till January. And you were watching other states, I know, on ESPN this weekend, we talked about it already, watching high school football games in Utah, Alabama, Texas, Tennessee, wherever it was. So how important is it for you guys with what you're doing nowadays to just give these kids an opportunity and a platform to work out and at least get their names out there? And what is it meant to be able to give these kids that opportunity as well? It's extremely important. Um, for, for one, it, 
it takes away the idle time that the kids have had. I mean, you got to think about it, man. You know, when the school shut down, a lot of these kids are just at home for hours on hours on hours. So what it did is I think it helped them um, mentally, um, also physically, and uh, also professionally. I mean, you just look at it like a kid like uh, Dominic Childress at Mountain House High School. You know, you guys have done a great job of covering him, you know, and throughout that process, he's received two stars. You know, you guys written articles about him. And now, you know, it's not a day goes by that the kid don't text me about like a college that has direct messaged them um, and, and talking to him. So it's stories like that, 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 that really continue to push me to, to, to do the workouts and stuff like that. But I think it's been, it's been a, a huge benefit. And there's like so many great trainers in the area that's, that's doing like, like great things. You got the deliberate trainings, you got the, the EAJs with coach Washington there. He's doing a phenomenal job. You got uh, coach Omari Carr with his, uh, with his training that he does as well. So I think it's, I think, you know, and a lot of times, you know, you look at it and you see like a lot of people like, like they don't get along when they're in the same profession. But I think if everyone is doing this service for these young men, ultimately it's great. As long as the young men are continuing to stay active, you know, they're getting, they're working on their mental health by being able to do this. I think it's, uh, I think it's great for everybody. So um, I think, th I believe it's, I believe it's very important to continue to continue to like create these platforms and create these workouts for these young men because we, we're seeing it, you know, uh, become a benefit for them. And then also you talked to us about your partnership with TAP Athletics. Kind of talk about what you're doing and your plans for the future with Grind Mode Elite. So, yeah. Um, so we partnered with TAP Athletics. They're uh, a training facility out here in Tracy, California. Um, we met them through a, a, a mutual friend. I met them through a mutual friend. So we're putting together our Grind Mode uh, Training Academy. And basically it's going to be a three-month program. Um, where it's three sessions a week where we're going to uh, attack different things um, to help the kids continue to develop uh, physically, uh, mentally, and also with their recruiting process. So TAP Athletics, they specialize in speed training, uh, uh, weight training, um, change the direction and different things of that nature. And I, I specialize in, you know, uh, change the direction, the feet work, uh, position specific techniques, um, and different things of that, of that nature. So I told them, we got together and we said, we, why not work together? Why not have, you have, they have the indoor facility. They have all the different modalities that we can use inside that facility. They have a turf floor. Um, so we said, why not work together? So we put together our grind mode Academy, where like I said, it's going to be a three month program from September to the end of November, where we're going to put kids through the process, uh, weight training, speed and conditioning, um, uh, recruiting exposure, like we work with you guys, inviting you guys out to the trainings and cover guys um, and be able to help those guys get exposure and also develop themselves over the time that they're away from their programs and that they can't do the, their organized activities. So we're, we're kind of, we put this program together to help these young men be ready once December comes and they get back where they're, with their team. So I'm, you know, I'm truly blessed to be able to be working with TAP Athletics um, they, they got a great group of trainers over there and we're really excited about the kids that's going to be joining this program. Like it's going to be hard. We're going to challenge them. We're going to work them hard, but there's definitely going to be results. And, um, and that's the ultimate, that's our ultimate goal is to help these young men get results, whether that be continue to get exposure, 
giving them recruiting advice, helping them with, you know, putting together their social media account and how they should structure it and the things they should post and the things they shouldn't post, having huddle clinics where we help them put together their huddle and organize their film and what college coaches are looking for. I think the huge benefit of it is um, just having an opportunity to talk about, to a bunch of coaches with me being a college coach and understanding what they're looking for and help translate that information to these young men, but also taking care of the physical side as well and kind of marrying those two things and marrying tap athletics with grind mode together and putting something together that's really going to be special for the community of Tracy, Mountain House, and this area and anybody that want to be a part of it. And you said you have an orientation there Wednesday night in Tracy for the grind mode elite? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, September 2nd, Wednesday, September 2nd at 7.30, it's going to be a, uh, we're having a parent orientation and workout. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to bring the parents in, the parents, we're going to, we're going to explain what the program is about, break it down in detail. Um, and then after the orientation, we're going to put the players, we're going to put the players through a workout as well. So it kind of gives the parents an opportunity to like see what's going on. And the, the, the facility is great. It's like a huge, big window. So, you know, we don't have to pack everybody into the, the facility. So we're able to do it safely and, you know, according to the COVID rules. So it's going to be a fun night. September 2nd is going to be a fun night. And I would say, like, any kid that's interested in, in joining us, you know, they can go to grindmodeelite.com and they can sign up there. They can go to our Instagram, where it's grindmodeelite, or our Twitter is grindmodeelite. They can click the link and they can sign up for our uh, – they can sign up for the parent orientation. It's absolutely free. So, you know, there's no fee to come to the orientation and the workout is free. So we're excited about it, man. We just, you know, it's something new that we're putting together. So we're really excited to get those kids in and get to work. Awesome. And now let's move on to some more fun questions for you. Something we've asked everybody. Favorite home-cooked meal. Favorite home-cooked meal? Dog, I'm simple. My wife chicken, dog. My wife fried chicken is like, man, it's to die for. It's to die for. So I would say that. Yep. Okay. Any sides with it or just, just the fried chicken? Woo! Some mac and cheese, cornbread sometimes, uh, some greens. Man, just old school, just some soul food. That's probably my, that's probably, if you see I'm itching, you guys got me right. itching about it. But yeah, that's, that's probably it. I'm, I'm simple. I don't. I don't venture out too too far in regards to food, but yeah, that that'll probably be it. We gotta stop doing these questions at uh, lunchtime because every time we do it, I get starving. Which I know. Fried chicken, mac and cheese, and cornbread all in one. I think that is my dream meal Fire. right there. To be quite Fire. honest. Fire. Fire. Oh, goodness. <laughs> all right, and then the second fun question we got for you is: Who is your favorite athlete? My favorite athlete of all time. We can go uh, when you're growing up. Who was your favorite athlete, and who's your favorite athlete of all time right now? When I was growing up, my favorite athlete was Ricky Henderson. Um, baseball is my first love. Um, I wore number twenty-four. Uh, I love to steal bases, so I would say Ricky Henderson. And I grew up right down the street from the Oakland Coliseum, so we would go there all summer and watch them play, watch the A's play. So Ricky Henderson will be my, my childhood favorite. And overall, my overall favorite as an adult, this is going to sound crazy because I'm a Raider fan, but I'll probably say Tom Brady. 
And here's why. Here's why. If I see that Patriot jersey, and I was going to say something about it when we first started. I was going to say something about it, but I didn't say nothing. <laughs> but here's why I will say that. I like winners. I like winners, dog. And I'm like, I don't care what uniform you got on. I don't care what team you play for. If you're a winner, you're a winner. And I, 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 I believe that's what, makes, that's what makes other people a winner. Instead of looking at him and being envious of his success, I want to look at him and see why he's successful. Regardless of uniform he got, he's a winner, so he's doing something right. So that's why I'll probably say Tom, man, he's a winner, and he's from the Bay. But He's from the Bay. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't too much care for the Patriots, for the total tough rule <laughs> and stuff, but, yeah. yeah, I'll probably say Tom Brady, which is a, which is a shocker. It's even shocking me right now, but he's a winner. And you can't, like, when people win, they just, you know, you got to respect the winners. Or MJ, too, Michael Jordan, too. He's a winner as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think I've seen such a big smile from Greg as when you said Tom yeah. Brady right now. Uh, I know. Happy. You guys might have to delete that out, dog. Not a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's out. <laughs> yeah, well, to, add, to add on to it, the, the reason why I like MJ and Brady and guys like that, they're not only winners, but they're, like, fierce. They're, like, fierce. Win- and that's how I am, like, when, when it's time to compete, I'm, like, fierce. And I don't care if we're friends. I don't care what our background is. When we're keeping score, I want to win. And I'm going to win by any means. And it's going to be fierce. And it's going to be – and I'm going I'm to go as hard as I can. But when the clock is over and it's all said and done, we can shake hands, laugh, go have a beer, whatever the case may be. But when it's time to compete, it's, it's like it's off with the head. And I, think, I feel like that's how – the Brady's and the Mike and the Michael Jordans and the Kobe's like those guys were like fierce. And it was like nothing meant more than winning when it was time to win. And I think that's what makes like, that's why I gravitated to those kind of guys. Like they're just fierce competitors and you can tell it means something to them. Like it's not about the money or, you know, the status it's about, I want, I want my team to have more points than your team when the clock goes to zero. And that's how I approach it at all times. So I would say those guys. Yeah, I, I can't go wrong with any of those three. Uh, rest in peace to the great late Kobe Bryant, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I was so happy when you said Tom Brady. I am so upset that he's in Tampa right now. It's so weird. And I'm, a Raider, I'm a diehard Raider fan. There we go. I'm probably going to lose my Raider card. I'm probably going to lose my Raider card when people watch this, but it's fine. Like, it makes me feel like that you're a Raider fan, too. <laughs> you just convert over, just become a patriot. No, 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 no. We got room for you. Stay a Raider fan. Stay no, no, no. <laughs> stay stay a Raider happen. fan forever. Good, good. You know, <laughs> I, I think Brandon has earned himself many more trips on the podcast because he will not convert into a Patriots fan. Greg, Greg, you're not as good of a recruiter as Brandon either. You can try to recruit him to the Patriots fandom, but nah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. I respect him. He's not even a patron anymore. So he's he's a he's a uh, he's a buck now. So oh, if he was still a patriot, I probably wouldn't have said it. Honestly, I'm gonna keep it real. If he wasn't a patriot, if he was still a patriot, I probably wouldn't have named him. But he's a buck, so it's like whatever. Okay. Well, <laughs> I just I don't even remember. Like I just take it out of my mind that he's a buck. I feel like he just just retired. I mean, it must be so hard to have Tom Brady leave after 20 years and win Super Bowl rings. I mean, how are Patriots fans going to survive? Six, right? Oh, yeah, six. It was six. Here you go. (laughs) Here he go. (laughs) It it doesn't matter, though. Nick Foles 
can catch passes better than Tom Brady. That's all that matters at the end of the day. You don't want to talk about that, though. No, he was outside of our group chat for about three weeks after that Super Bowl. Let's yeah, he put y'all on do not disturb. Yeah, we did not hear from him until March. <laughs> oh, man. If they would have handed the ball off to my guy, Marshawn, he would only have five. But we're but we not going to talk about that. We're not going to. We're not going to even talk about that. We're not even going to that was my that. favorite game ever. That one right there. I've, I've, I've never seen a guy go through so many emotions like Greg did during that Super Bowl. It was ridiculous. <laughs> that, that crazy catch there from Seattle there in that last drive. Greg's running outside thinking, oh, my goodness, he didn't catch it. It's over. Oh, my goodness, wait, he caught it. And then, oh, the Pete Carroll, man, you got to run that ball there. Crazy. And it's crazy because – I know Sean. We played high school ball together and stuff like that, so it was tough watching it, man. Yeah, I remember watching that game. I was having flashbacks of David Tyree helmet catch, Mario Manningham, <laughs> and all of yeah. a sudden, tip ball falling into his stomach. I was like, just every every time we get, we're gonna have yeah. some bad luck, but yeah, uh, good old Pete Carroll. <laughs> well, he he handed you guys one. It's all good. Yeah, we'll take it. I'm I'm not complaining. Good. Please don't complain. You've got like 85 titles in your lifetime with the Warriors, Giants, and Patriots, and whoever the heck else you root for. I like that. I like that Curry jersey. That's what we're like. We here on that one. That Warrior jersey. That's what we're yeah. here on. I'll just yeah. Moss jersey, and then we're all good. Yeah, yeah there. That's how you sit. There it is. That's <laughs> you sit in the right spot now. There we go. Perfect. Yeah, I think for now on every podcast, Greg, you're sitting just like that. No, tilt your head. I can still see the jersey. No, no, no. Other way, other way, other way. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's this is a lost cause. It, he's not, yeah, not going to do it. Oh, my goodness. But that'll wrap it up for the 10th ever edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. Thank you so much for Brandon Younger for coming on. Thanks to him for inviting us out to all of his workouts. We can't be, we can't wait to be out to one of those again soon. Until then, subscribe to our YouTube page. Follow our work on social media at West Coast Preps underscore. Follow our work at westcoastpreps.com and stay tuned for our podcast Friday when we have Stevie Johnson come on the West Coast Preps podcast.